Welcome to Practicing Courage, a space where we're dedicated to exploring what it means to live well and engaging in practices that support finding the courage to do so. How do you turn beneficial states like gratitude, joy, calm, peace, courage, or compassion into enduring traits? Is it possible to train the mind in ways where these types of states that so often come and go become more lasting, making them more of a default response in our lives? I remember hearing these questions many years ago when I first came across the work of Dr. Rick Hansen who's really been one of the great teachers of my life. At the time, he was making a research-backed argument that yes, indeed we can. As we begin training our mind to cultivate these internal strengths, qualities of gratitude, resolve, patience, calm in the face of challenge, etc., over time, our brains can change. And as our brains change, It can support more frequent and on-demand experiences of these beneficial states. So as you can imagine, when I first came across this idea, it piqued my interest and curiosity. And I began practicing with Rick on a weekly basis over the course of years. And over time, that interest and curiosity deepened into passion as I began to see positive results in my own life. That passion led to two 10-day meditation retreats Rick offered in the mountains of Colorado, where we took a really deep dive into these practices, reading every book of his that I could find, inviting him to the podcast for multiple conversations, some of which you may have heard already, much more practice on my own, and ultimately now teaching what I've learned from Rick to others largely because these practices have been so transformative in my own life. So for today, what I'd like to offer is the essence of this practice with you. To do so, I've pulled a clip from the podcast archives from a past conversation I had with Rick. In the snippet which you're about to hear, Rick will offer an introduction to the HEAL practice, which is a simple framework he developed that stands for Have a beneficial experience, enrich it, absorb it, and as an optional fourth step, link it to negative material. Rick frames this practice as taking in the good. Having an experience, for example, like calm in the face of something challenging, and then really feeling into it and staying with it, which are the enriching and absorbing pieces. This act of staying with the experience and feeling into it helps to install it in the brain, which again, over time, can lead to transformation. In this clip, Rick will offer a bit of context, and then you'll actually hear him coaching me for a bit. And as a preview, the practice itself will center around these questions. Can we pursue our work or our aspirations in life without attachment? If so... How do we do that? Another way to frame that is, is it possible to approach our goals, priorities, and tasks seriously while also holding them lightly? 
And again, if so, how do we do that? These are big questions and they don't have simple answers. What I've observed though, is that by leveraging the heal practice over time, this is possible. I've lived it. Even from the time Rick and I originally recorded this conversation, which was a few years ago now, this practice has fundamentally changed how I pursue my work. And at the same time, I certainly can't say that I know what will be true for you. The invitation, as always, would be if you find this practice interesting, to begin to test it out for yourself and see what's true in your own experience. Perhaps over time, you'll find that that interest turns into passion and that passion turns into positive results in your own life. One last thing before we dive in, I'm going to be offering a six week, 18 hour training in positive neuroplasticity based upon Rick's work. This training offers a really deep dive into HEAL and practices that support turning beneficial states into enduring traits. The course will begin January 27th, 2024. And if you're a coach looking for continuing education, the course is approved for 34 CCEUs through the International Coach Federation. If you aren't a coach, there's an option to participate in the course, which doesn't include CCEUs. You can find all the info, pricing, and details at joshuasteinfeld.com forward slash PNT. And to make things easy, I've included a link in today's show notes. All right, plug over. Let's begin. I hope you enjoyed today's practice with Dr. Rick Hansen. And I look forward to continuing our practice together next Tuesday. And so I really would love to get practical here. And you have this in the new book and you've written about this many times before. But I think people having some sort of framework to follow. They're saying this is something I want to try out for myself. You have this HEAL acronym. So maybe you can take us through the HEAL acronym using some sort of example that comes to mind for you around achieving a goal or whatever it might be and be able to kind of take that, absorb it. Sure. Well, so that people are actually willing to do this, to go to something you said earlier. What's interesting is that you realize that uh, just because you've gradually morphed the neurotic horse into another wise horse doesn't mean you're not going to keep going down the path, Right. If your goal, say you, Joshua, is to develop yourself, is to write a book, is to build your, build your podcast, to increase the scale of your platform, to help other people, those goals are going to persist even as you become less neurotically driven about it. And what happens in, in our motivations, and you can feel it shifting in your body, instead of kind of driving and flogging yourself to go up the mountain... It's more like you give yourself over to this kind of river, to use that metaphor in a different way. You give yourself over to the currents of your wholesome aspirations, your, your deep values, the longings in your heart, your movement to contribute and serve. You give over to that. And then it's much easier because it feels like those currents, those wise, positive currents are carrying you along. You don't lose your edge, actually. And in fact, when you're less caught up in flogging the neurotic horse to keep him on the path or bouncing off things and exhausting yourself, you're, you're going to burn out. 
That's no way to really accomplish at the highest level over the lifespan. All right. So an example. Celeste. Thanks for the coaching, Rick. You got it, bro. <laughs> well, I'm coaching myself. I'm saying, honestly, this is, this is me. Uh, it's really valuable. Yeah. It's been truly true for me from the inside out. Okay. So uh, the HEAL acronym is what I developed as a way to describe the deliberate internalization of beneficial experiences. That's the fancy term for it. It's really a matter of taking in the, in the good or growing the good inside ourselves. How do you actually cultivate? How do you grow? flowers in the garden of the mind. So let's suppose uh, Joshua here, or through you, all kinds of people, including me, would like to be able to have a sense of kind of peaceful, confident aspiration without it turning into neurotic drivenness. That'd be kind of useful, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, to kind of walk through, I didn't, if people want to experience something along the way, they, they can, and I'm going to do it kind of quickly because it's a yeah. podcast here. And, uh, but, but you can imagine what you would experience if you slow it down. And obviously people can slow it down if they want. So we have to begin in the HEAL acronym with having, H for having, a beneficial experience. We can't grow anything we're not experiencing. Experiencing is the basis for learning, but it's not... It's a necessary condition for learning, but it's not a sufficient condition for learning. Really, really important. Lots of times we experience things that we don't grow from, we don't learn from. There's no cultivation. There's no bhavana in Sanskrit. So can you recall a time, Joshua or anyone, or bring to mind a feeling of going for it while being at peace with whatever happens? I'll offer a couple of prompts. You might be a situation where you feel determined while also knowing that it's complicated, it's messy, there's no guarantee, and that's okay. There might be a sense of worth or pride in yourself in, in a healthy way that you're, you're going to go for it. Like the happy warrior kind of metaphor. So you start by trying to help yourself have an experience. I should add that here I'm, incur I'm asking you to create an experience out of the blue. That's harder. Most of the time, when we begin to internalize a good experience, a useful experience, we're already feeling it. So maybe the next time you have a sense of determination or aspiration without attachment to the outcome, you prefer it for sure. And you might be disappointed if you don't get it, but you can live with it. Ultimately, you could be okay with it. It's not going to ruin your life. You're going to take a breath, you know, eat a cookie and then <laughs> go to bed, <laughs> get up and take a swing the next day. All right. Okay. So you're starting to have that experience, let's suppose of kind of aspiration, determination, without attachment, maybe given over to a purpose, a calling. And then to install that experience, to convert that state to a trait, turn that experience into some kind of development of the trait of aspiration without attachment, just kind of marinate in it for a while. Stay with the experience for a breath or two. Enrich it, in other words, that's the E in the HEAL acronym. Enrich the experience, staying with it, feeling it in your body. What's it feel like to be this way? It helps to enrich an experience to be aware of its personal relevance. Why would a lighthearted ambitiousness be relevant to you? A sense of passion with peacefulness in its core. Why would that be relevant to you, valuable for you? 
these are factors that increase the conversion of an experience into a lasting change in the brain of structure and function. And then A in the HEAL acronym is absorb. You know, so you have a sense of this way of being kind of sinking into your body or you're kind of giving over to it. You're letting it establish itself in you. Yeah. Like, all right. I'm like, you know, yeah, you kind of move into it. You know, you occupy it. So those are, that's the essence of the change process right there. Activation and installation, state to trait with two aspects of installation, enriching and absorbing. And then optionally, there's the link step where uh, we link positive and negative material and use the positive to clear out the negative. So uh, there might be this sense of, in the foreground of awareness, of you know, happy aspiration without getting contracted and pressured about it. You know, you're purposeful, you're deliberate, you're working. Well, off to the side is maybe this anxious fear of failure. And simply being aware of both of those means that in your brain, the positive will associate to the negative and ease it, maybe even replace it over time. It's a little tricky to be aware of two things at once. That's one reason why mindfulness training is helpful here too, but you can do it. There you are, this nice, good feeling, purposefulness, given over to your purpose. And then off to the side, worries, anxieties, and you just have a sense of this. You're not trying to suppress them. It's more like they get dissipated by this positive experience. What place is there? for worries if you're simply given over to your purpose and your passion while being at peace. Good stuff. I love it. I've used that practice so much. And for me, it's so simple. It can be 30 seconds, a minute. It can be longer. It can be fine, you know, whatever it is. And it can really be about almost any sort of beneficial experience. But for me, this has been really valuable in terms of uh, growing flowers, the garden of my mind, cultivating these positive qualities, you know, and as cheesy as it sounds, like there's a really beautiful sunset and I'm on a walk with my wife or something and we just stop rather than just continuing to go, but just stop and pause, really taking in the good or at work or whatever it might be. It's been so valuable and over time, I've noticed kind of a greater sense of ease or fulfillment. And also that it, I don't know if you notice this too, but for me, it's like there's less, it almost becomes less effortful. Like it becomes just a little bit easier. There's not as much effort to actually engage in the practice over time. So Rick, thank you for that. Oh, completely my pleasure. 